You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Greetings, Vineyard UK. I am really uh, grateful for this opportunity to join all of you um, yeah, for, for your worship celebrations today. I am Edgar King. I um, I lead. I, I live in Nakuru, in Kenya, East Africa. There, I lead a small church, Trinity Vineyard Church, Nakuru, um, and it's it's one of my favorite things. I think it's uh, given me an opportunity to grow better as a follower of Jesus, given me given me a place to serve, and I also lead the Vineyard churches in Kenya. And so, thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you today. Um, so I want, I want to let you know, I'm recording this a little after Pentecost. And so, you know, uh, and we, as a church community, we're in the middle of a teaching series on the Holy Spirit. And so that's some of the stuff that's been happening in, in, in my immediate community, my conversations, and some of the processing that I've been doing. And so some of the things I wanted to talk to us about today are birthed from uh, in that place. And anyway, aren't we always after Pentecost? And, you know, so I promise I will try and still make it relevant. Um, uh, and also just the reflections for us as a charismatic movement. A vineyard, uh, uh, you know, loves always journeying towards uh, being the radical middle and, you know, constantly going, constantly uh, leaning into um, uh, the Holy Spirit and, and joining him in the adventures he's inviting us to. And um, so some of that, this is where some of this is birthed from. Because right after Pentecost, what we have is, is, is a new creation, a new community of people um, uh, that is just like their first Adam, Jesus Christ. You know, the, the one man was full of the Holy Spirit. And, and full of God's presence and glory. Now you have this community of people who are equally full of the Holy Spirit, full of God's glory and, and presence. And what do they do? They, they're healing the sick, they're raising the dead, uh, they're casting out evil spirits. Even snakes walk on some, uh, poison snakes walk on some of them and they, it does nothing to them. I mean, the book of Acts, reads like a superman uh movie if we're very honest like this is a superhero movie only that it's not a work of fiction uh and also it's just ordinary people um being part of an extraordinary story and you know you see them struggle with sin you see them fall into crazy disagreements you um you see them even lose some of these things. Some of them are murdered. Most of them are murdered. Uh, so it was just very ordinary people being part of an extraordinary journey. And, um, you know, they didn't have a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. The Vineyard loves sermon series on the Holy Spirit. We're just doing one at the moment. Um, they would just lay their hands on people and go, receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they didn't have a sermon series on healing. Uh, as a church community, we are about to do a sermon series on healing. They just went out in obedience and prayed for the sick. Um, 
They didn't even have a complete Bible like we do to wrap their heads around better theology. We do. The difference is that they just went out and did the works of Jesus in obedience to him. They were followed by the power of God in obedience to him. I think one of the key differences between the early church and, and the church uh, now is, is, you know, we are people who, who like talking about um, God's word and then we fall back to our cultures and our cortics. We fall back to our favorite series on ITV or, or Netflix. It's like, oh my word, isn't it good that Jesus says we can do these things and more? Anyway, what show is on? We just... We love talking about the things of God and not doing the things of God. The early church, they just went out and did it. You know, they moved in obedience and the power of God followed them. It's a powerless people, I've heard it said, that, that are more interested in theological debates. You know, and sometimes uh, the church today has been uh, people more interested in theological debates. I'm not saying that theology isn't important, it's very important, but we have to be a people who do the work of God. We've been called to be a people of power. Um, you know, but then every time I teach about the Holy Spirit, I often am very careful to say that the Holy Spirit is a person to be in a relationship with not a power to harness. This is actually something I picked up from um, a teaching that was given uh, at one of your UK conferences. Uh, it's so important that we know that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He's, he, we invited him to a relationship. He's not just a power to harness. And, um, but, but why is talking about power important? Why are we, is it important to know that we're called to be a people of power? The Holy Spirit is the unembodied presence of God. And where the presence of God is, so is His power. Power to heal the sick, power to restore, power to deliver, power to cast out evil spirits, power to prophesy and encourage people and point to Jesus and, and, and the kingdom coming and the kingdom being here. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive both God's power and authority. Um, a few years back, uh, the 44th president of the U.S. visited our country and his landing pad was in a college I was in and I was staying uh, 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 not far from, from, from uh, the college. And, uh, you know, there were snipers on the roof and they had real guns. I'm going to imagine the guns had real bullets. None of us tried, so that's just going to be my guess. And, uh, you know, they had this shady shades, uh, his security uh, 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 people had this weird shades going on. Access to our own schools and our own living spaces was controlled in our own country. But because the President of the United States was there, we felt some of the power of the United States. And we were allowed to come a bit close, and obviously it's such a spectacle, and so we moved a bit close in, in crowds. And when the beast would, would be driven uh, right past you, you could feel the earth beneath you shake. The presence of this guy came with so much power. It really is the same idea. Where God is, where God is present, his power also is. The big difference is that the power of this 
guy came with so much restriction. But the power of our God comes with freedom, comes with healing, comes with restoration. Um, and, but everywhere the presence of God is, so is his power. This is why it's, it's the same thing. Um, but again, uh, uh, I, I think I, I just want to use this time to remind us what it's really about, what really matters. Um, I think many people often think the Holy Spirit is a power to harness instead of a person to be in a relationship with because we miss the main point. We, we miss what it's about. We have seen in our time, every day it's, it's in the news waves or you, know, you just switch on the TV and when they're talking about um, uh, the church, it, it's sometimes one of these stories of people misusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit or someone faking the power of God or someone manipulating people because um, um, they say they have the power of the Holy Spirit. We've seen, and I think one of the trappings of this is how we easily get into the trapping, this trapping is when we forget what it really is about. And here's what it's about. It's all for love because God is love. And true power serves love, not the other way around. Um, so I'm just going to pray and then just walk us through a bit of this. Father, thank you. While we were still your enemies, you loved us. And even now, you love us. Lord, I pray that even as uh, I share this through these screens, that your spirit is uh, leading us to truth and even just breaking through, breaking out wherever we're all sitting and this is this. Speak to us individually and as a, and as a community. Amen. So I, I want to uh, start with a reflection, uh, some reflections from one of Jesus' disciples called John. Um, you know, he, he was quite close to Jesus. When, when Jesus would uh, want to reveal something to just a few, he was one of the few. And so he was one of the last ones to die. All, all, all of them were murdered or something. And um, he was one of the last ones to die. When he wrote his, 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 his uh, biography of Jesus and and the letters he wrote to the church, this was some, some 60 to 90 years after the life of Jesus. So he's a much older person. Uh, it's believed that he is he's, um, in exile at this point. So he's had a lot of time to think and reflect on his life with Jesus and, and, and uh, serving Jesus even after the ascension to heaven. He's had a lot of time. And he starts his letters with, with, with the description of Jesus uh, that I've often used. He's, he's, he's God among us. He's Emmanuel. He is full of the Holy Spirit. He is the, 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 he, he's full of the glory of God. We've seen uh, the fullness of his glory. That's how he describes Jesus. Quite exciting. And then uh, after all this, after all this, 
here is a conclusion he makes in uh, 1 John 4, 16. He says, God is love. Whoever lives in God, uh, sorry, whoever loves lives in God and God is in them. Like, if someone met me today, they would have a few possible descriptions of me. Well, uh, he's, he's the pastor of that local church. Oh, the guy who used to have dreadlocks. I used to have dreadlocks. Oh, is it the guy who loves this kind of coffee? Oh, he's the guy who does this. He's, he, he does this. And for John, he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't describe God as, oh, the one who does wonders and miracles, even though God does to this day. He doesn't uh, conclude that, oh yeah, he's the evil spirit expunger, even though uh, the presence of God casts out evil and fear. He doesn't say God is knowledge, even though God knows. Instead, after, after his experience of Jesus, both living with him and serving him and just being full of the Holy Spirit, this is what he says. God is love. And whoever loves lives in God, and God is in them. You know, seeing how Jesus loved him, seeing how Jesus loved people around him, seeing how Jesus served, he realizes that every display of power he ever saw in Jesus was because he loved him. Jesus healed the sick because he was moved by compassion. Jesus raised the dead because he was filled with compassion. Jesus fed the hungry because he was compelled by compassion. Jesus cast out evil spirits, spirits because he was overcome by compassion. For Jesus, it was all for love because God is love. And true power serves love and not the other way around. Now, just for a moment, if you're sitting next to, if you're, if you're watching this with people and you're sitting next to someone uh, who, who, whom you love, I just say to them, by the way, remember the true power serves love. Awesome. Now, um, but he's not the only apostle to come to this conclusion. Uh, Paul had an extraordinary encounter with Jesus. So this is another apostle. He comes much later from, from, the, from the earthly ministry of Jesus. And, and he has an extraordinary encounter with Jesus. And then he, 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 he's used powerfully uh, 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 in the kingdom. And uh, even his handkerchiefs, I don't carry any, but how cool could that be? His handkerchiefs uh, would be taken and the sick would get well. I think Paul would like the vineyard because he was a church planter. You know, he's used extraordinarily. And for him, just like in the vineyard, functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a big deal. One day he's writing a letter to a church in the church in Corinth. He wants to set a few things straight. And, and in a section, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he starts like this in you know, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. 
It's like, this is really important. Then he starts giving a list of some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, casting out evil spirits, you know, um, uh, miracles, healing the sick, all these things. He lists them down. It's like, this is so important. And he thinks it is so important that people desire them. As, as he moves on in this conversation, he tells them, therefore, my brothers and sisters, writing to the church, be eager to prophesy, like desire it so much, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. He's saying what we've always said, hey, everyone, let's jump in into the adventure that God is calling us to. You can pray for the sick. You can cast out evil spirits. You can prophesy. You can speak in tongues. You know, it's like just be eager to prophesy and do not uh, forbid speaking in tongues. But as he moves on, he says something I quite like. And yet, I will show you a more excellent way. Wait a minute, Paul. Is there something more excellent? than speaking in tongues I never had to pay school fees for. I don't know if how, you know how schools work in, in the UK and Ireland. We still have to pay some sort of fees. Um, now it would be nice to just, it's nice when you speak in tongues and sometimes someone in the room goes, oh, I understood everything you said. Or, you know, is there something more interesting than, than, than healing the sick and casting out evil spirits? It, Wait a minute, Paul, is there something more excellent than that? And this would be his answer. If I speak in the tongues of men and or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries of all, and, and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. See, for Paul, he realizes that it's all for love because God is love. And true power, whether it's a prophetic, whether it's, a, it's healing, whether it's tongues, true power serves love and not the other way around. Where would he get this idea? Where would John get this idea? They get it from Jesus. They get it from Jesus. They get it from their Messiah. They get it from our Messiah, the, the person we are following and trying to be like and do what he did. One day Jesus was teaching how and he was teaching about, uh, you know, judgment day and the end of times. And, and he told the story of two groups of people. One group comes to him and says, Lord, did you see the stuff we did? So this is Edgar Revised Version. Um, so just walk with me. Lord, did you see the stuff we did? We healed the sick. We cast out evil spirits. We, we raised the dead in your name. Wasn't that cool? And, and Jesus would look at them and say, I'm sorry, I don't know any of you. And then to another group of people, he would say, enter the rest of my father that's been prepared for you. Because when I was sick, you cared for me. When I was hungry, 
you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. I'm like, what? When did we ever do this stuff, Jesus? And he'd say, anytime you moved towards and served, especially the least of these, you did it to me. Anytime you moved towards and served, the least of these, you became like me. Anytime you moved towards and served the least of these, you served me. You met me. You know, we, as a, as a society, as a global society, we really misuse the word uh, love. It's, you know, we, we love our spouses and our dates, and we also love the latest show on Netflix. Um, we love our siblings and we also love, you know, Spanish ice cream or French wine, um, you know, but, 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 but Jesus looks at love as something we, we get to do and become and he takes proximity and service. You know, you, you cannot command a feeling. Jesus famously said, I, this commandment I now give you, love one another. You cannot command a feeling. We have to be people who move beyond sentiment. Great sentiment has to be the seed that bears um, uh, action. But we, you know, we have to be people who, who move towards be, be, uh, doing and becoming love. You know, and the only way to do that is through proximity and service. It's only through proximity and service that, that we learn how to be patient and to be kind, that we learn how to um, always honor others. You, 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 cannot, you cannot honor me from afar. You know, it's like, it's like we keep thinking we can love in a distance, and that's good if all we want to hold on to is, is the sentiment of it. And, and it's, of course it's not that simplistic, but let's just be clear that to love people will require moving close and serving them because it's in those moments that our hearts will be formed, confronted and formed into people who will honor others always, into people who will put others before ourselves, into people who will be less irritable, into people who will forgive fully, into people who will always protect and always hope, into people who will always preserve. And I'm, uh, I've learned that I'm not necessarily a very patient person. I've learned that, you know, I, I, uh, I give and sometimes even serve begrudgingly. But the more I keep moving towards people I have been called to love, I keep, I, I keep learning how to do and become loved. You know, I, I, I recognize now that I'm not as irritable as I was two years ago. There's still a lot to be done there. I recognize that I'm not as impatient as I was even in January of this year. There's still a lot to be done there, but it only can happen if I decide to be around the people who will cause me to need to not be patient with them and, and allow God to work in my heart. Love requires proximity and service. Move towards and serve. Why? Because all of this is about love. Because God, if you could describe him, it's only one word. God is love. It goes all the way back to the revelation of God's name. You know, you know um, uh, slow to anger and rich in love. 
you know, and um, and and true power, true power sells love, and not the other way around. And here's the thing: I think the truest place of encounters of the power of the Holy Spirit are places where there is genuine love, because true power sells love. Every time Jesus, uh, there was a. Uh, there was an expression of power from Jesus, whether it's through the prophetic or through healing or through the casting out of evil and the, the most glorious death and resurrection. It was because of love, all for love of Father gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know, the whole story really is about God loving the world so much, then moving towards us to serve us. And in there was the context in which the power of God and, 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 and the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit expressed in power happened. And here's the thing. Love will cost you. Love will cost you money. Love will cost you space. Love will cost you privilege, which is such a, uh, an uncomfortable word nowadays. But love will cost you. Love will... Love will mean interruption. All of Jesus' miracles, most of Jesus' miracles, were because he was being interrupted. He's moving to the next conference, and then someone says, Oh, by the way, uh, my daughter is dying. He turns around. And then on the way there, uh, a lady touches his, his, his clothes, and, and she gets healed. Jesus stops everything. Wait, wait, wait. We need, to, we need to focus on this. One day, Jesus is going to the next seminar. Course, not you know, just this is at the revised version, and um, and uh, someone climbs on top of a tree, and and um, and Jesus says, okay, I guess we're going to yours for dinner tonight, and and that's where this guy gets healing for his heart, in a way that transforms him. Love will mean interruption. Love cannot stick to a budget. Love will cause you. To 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 um, to empty your bank account, you know. I, I'm saying that as a, as a trained economist, but also and also I recognize we come from very different cultures, and but yeah, it bankrupted in heaven when Jesus came. God gave everything He got. Love will cost you all you got. Um, love will be inconvenient. It will make you leave your comfort zone. That's exactly what it did to Jesus. And love will cost you your life sometimes. It's exactly what it did to Jesus. Here is the thing. It's all for love because God is love. And true power serves love and not the other way around. It is in the context of love that we see the power of God demonstrated. And, and I think sometimes we lack power because we do not love. You know, I, I, John says that if we, if we do not love, then God is not in us. But if God is not in us, we do not have the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, is the power of God. I think sometimes we, we do not see uh, the adventure we so want to step into. Because we're not allowing ourselves to be uh, in proximity with people enough 
for us to love them. Yet that is where uh, the laying off of hands, the laying of hands will happen, and the casting out of evil spirits will happen, and the prophetic will happen because we love. Love has to go beyond sentiment. We 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 have to do and become love. It requires proximity, which, which means moving towards people. It requires service, which means getting your hands dirty. You cannot love without moving towards people. You cannot love without getting your hands dirty. This is exactly what it meant for Jesus. Um, I just want to start winding this up with, you know, five groups of people that scripture invites us to love. One, the church your brothers and sisters in the family of God. The true mark of discipleship isn't even how many people God healed, it's really how much we love one another. A new commandment I give you, love one another. So, what is God inviting you to today? Move towards your church family and serve them. Two, our enemies. I love the show Sherlock Holmes on the BBC by Benedict Cumberbatch. I've probably watched it so many times from beginning to end. Um, and you know, when John Watson becomes friends with him and meets uh, his brother and, and, and introduces himself as his arch enemies, like, wait, do people have arch enemies? We like pretending we don't have enemies, but you know, we have people we're not so sure how we feel about because they don't like us. They persecute us even, you know? And Jesus says, love your enemies. What, what is God inviting you to do? For those people who don't like you or even persecute you, move towards them and serve them. The stranger. We call them strangers because they're not like us. They're strange to us. You know, their politics is all wrong. You know, they're, they're conservatives or they're liberals. Or they're those crazy people. Um, you know, their life choices. And like, why would someone choose that? Their tribe is all wrong. You know, when we say tribe in my country, it, it, it has to do, it often translates to, to uh, the, the people group, the language. But different nations have ways of... Humanity has ways of forming into tribes. That other tribe that is a bit strange to you, uh, that other group of people that have uh, this uh, a different philosophy on sexuality, that other race, um, the immigrants, they, they're different from you. You know what God is inviting you to do? Move towards them and serve them. The least of these, the least of these, anyone who is of less privilege than you. We don't like that word sometimes because it makes us very uncomfortable. But in reality, because of how human, human societies organize themselves, we always produce inequalities, no matter what system we choose to follow. And, and God is saying to us, that person whose voice might not be heard like yours, the poor, the offering, the unborn, move towards them and serve them. Then we're called to love the lost. 
the, the person who doesn't know Jesus. The person who probably thinks it's so crazy. The cues. You, you, it's like, what do you mean Jesus ever lived? What do you mean? What's Jesus asking you to do? Move towards them and serve them. This is the context in which the power of God will be demonstrated. Because it's all for love. Because God is love. True power serves love and not the other way around. I just want to offer one way that is so simple. I'm sure there's so many ways to move towards people and serve them. And one is, 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 is accessible to all of us, whether we're high school students or college graduates or you know, whether we have a big house or just a small house. All of us can offer hospitality. All of us can offer hospitality. The table is a powerful way of breaking down barriers and, and, and serving people because most people eat. Hospitality is a powerful way to move towards people and serve them. It creates friendships. You know, um, I, I think I heard said that, that the stranger is, is just someone whose, whose story I have not yet known. It's interesting how Jesus used the table uh, as a place of inclusion. Hospitality is a way of making the other become the brother or the sister, right? Uh, and it is around the table that we will see countless of opportunities to prophesy, to pray for the sick. And sometimes we can cast out evil spirits, just make sure the tables are clear, uh, the plates are cleared at that point. Um, you want to see more of the power of God? Ask God to show you who he has invited you to love. You want to see more of the power of God? Move towards and serve your church, your enemy, the stranger near you, the least of these among you, and the lost around you. Thank you. Lord, give us your heart. Lord, the very same way you've loved us, may we pour out this love to others around us, even though it will be uncomfortable sometimes, even though it will be costly sometimes. I pray that we become a people who won't just feel love, we will become love. And Father, I ask that around our tables you pour out your spirit and so that there will be healing and restoration and setting free. So bring the lost around us. Bring the stranger to us. Bring the weak to us. And let us love them like you have loved us. And in this moment, I just want to ask, Lord, that you, you heal some of us who, who are just struggling with the question of whether they've ever been loved. Struggling with the question of whether they were loved in their family. And even in this church community, they're struggling to engage because it's like, I, I, 
I have never actually been accepted. I just pray now that the power of God breaks that and heals the wounds that have been caused in, in those spaces. So I bless you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.